1: Welcome to one more edition of Politics Than Right. I'm Egberto Willis. As you know, we've been covering how we can actually get folks communicating in all corners. Well, today we have Chris Collins, who's the author of the new book, Mending Our Union, Healing Our Communities Through Courageous Conversation. He has spent the last several years facilitating meetings that bring together people from a vast selection of politics, races, genders, and class as a part of his conversation group at the Glide Memorial Church in San Francisco, different together, and has developed a toolkit for doing so. He offers four tips, and we're going to talk about all of that. Welcome to Politics Done Right. How are you doing today, Chris? Great. Thanks for having me. Before we even get started, I understand that uh, you did a stint in Austin, Texas, my old stumping ground. That's right.
0: I lived there for seven years. I went to San Edwards University, and... uh, after graduating there, I worked in the Texas legislature for a couple of years before um, moving to New York
1: City, actually. Before we go, you remember Conan's Pizza? Yes. Uh, I loved my, those deep dish Chicago style Conan's Pizza. That, that was my mainstay in Austin. And, and by the way, uh, while I went to school out there at the University of Texas... I was a delivery driver for Tuck's Pizza on, uh, near St. Edward's, and I had a lot, of t- a lot of deliveries to St. Edward's University. It's interesting. There's lots, of, there's lots of food in Austin that I miss. There's a lot of food, and th- now they have the truck alley and all that good stuff there where you can go ahead and buy. F- well, I don't know since COVID how things are, but anyhow, let's talk about your book. Uh, well, before we talk about your book, tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: So I am uh, a native Texan. I grew up in McKinney, Texas. Uh, my family's been in Texas for uh, multiple generations. Um, I uh, got a, a, a calling in my early life in high school to to uh, become involved in, in public service in one way or another. I didn't really know what that looked like. And uh, as you mentioned, I went to uh, Uh, St. Edward's University and got involved with uh, working in uh, the Texas legislature and um, I um, then went to uh, New York University to get my master's in in public administration and public policy and um, I've noticed over the years that it doesn't really matter what policies we, we advocate for, what politicians or presidents we, we vote for, uh, the, di- the division in our country stops most of that from happening. Any, any policies that we want, any, any, um, any reforms that we want, division grinds most of that to a halt. So uh, there's something bigger that we need to be
1: working on. I agree with that wholeheartedly. In fact, um that that was the genesis of my last book which was about talking to the other side uh how to talk t- in my case as a progressive how to how can progressives talk to your right wing relatives and friends or whatever i mean here i am a, a left wing progressive with relatives who've actually voted well not relatives a couple of relatives who've actually supported donald trump and it's like i can't believe we are in such we we grew up together and we're in such different spaces that division is real and i think it is um, i think it is the division is real the causation of the division i think it's a fallacy your thoughts on that what do you mean when you say the the thought
0: the, the let thought me give it, let or... me give an example
1: of and, and this i put in 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 uh, and and I, I haven't read your entire book so i don't know if you have something similar to this but if you ask the average american citizen what are their wants? What are their needs? It turns out that the similarity between wants and needs absent certain social and religious issues are virtually identical. Have you seen that in the research and, and the work that you've done?
0: Yes, absolutely. I,
1: I, I think that that's
0: beyond question that we all want the, the, the same thing. The the division comes in how we get there. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a debate of tactics and, um, a desire to be for that. We want our solutions to be the ones that fix it. We don't want someone else's solutions to fix it. There's a, uh, there's a desire to, to want to be the victor in getting what, getting what we all want rather than maybe a combination of solutions or, um, Acknowledging the, the truth that maybe a a different perspective might have uh, some uh, idea that might help help us get there. It's a it's a it's a it's a system of winners and losers, and it's not going to uh, it's not going to help us. It's and it's not helping us. Uh, I I'm also a a progressive, um, but I have to acknowledge that sometimes uh conservative thought has uh valid uh, ideas that needs to be taken into consideration
1: that is interesting because uh you could find those words in 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 the things that we talk about here as well and it's great to see that you have a book out th- there that's all, also centralizing on that type of message in which i think it is very very important now um in in, in that light let's put a little bit of meat on those bones um because uh, give me if you will some examples that you find we want the same thing but the approach that we want to take to get there are different uh, are these appro- are both from your point of view on whatever issue you choose will those either side get you to the same place for real or is it that one side uh one side is misinformed as far as being able to get there from that direction. Because my thing here, and I and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. My thing is that I think we are purposely misled because in our in our ignorance and fighting among each other, it's a profit for a certain sect. Your thoughts? Well, I think that there's there's the system
0: that's out there that. Um, That promotes a certain message that is uh, there, there is misinformation out there. And there are uh, fake facts that are out there. And um, I think that where we make progress on this is tuning that out to. to stop relying on what the politics are trying to uh, mm-hmm. tell us, and instead talk about it at the community level and find out what solutions we come up with whenever we tune out the the, the toxic political discourse.
1: Now, tell some of our, tell our audience in specifics. Uh, give me an example of where we can actually accomplish that. So. What we do in different together, uh, for example, let's talk about uh,
0: the impeachment that mm-hmm. happened, um, which seems like a long time ago, is actually earlier <laughs> Just this a few year. months, Yeah. Right. Uh, we hosted a, a conversation between progressives and conservatives on the impeachment. And um, we split the topic up into digestible categories. So, for example, what are the facts? of this situation that we all agree on. And different perspectives throw out different ideas. Where there was a, a, uh, maybe a a progressive person would uh, make a statement that a conservative does not agree with, we would then put that into a different category and write it on our our whiteboard. Okay, this is what we don't agree on. This is what we would need to further investigate in order to uh, figure out where we are on this. Then um, we ha- can have a category for uh, what are the values. What do we want? What do we what do we expect of our uh, elected officials? Put that in a category. What do we what do we agree on that we should expect from people? So whenever we parse a difficult topic out, it 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 begins to breathe life into the concept of having a conversation about it. It did not turn into a debate over. Um, Trump is a criminal. No, he's not a criminal. And just that that leads us nowhere. That's, that's the same thing we can turn on uh, any cable news station and, and fulfill that. We're trying to have a different conversation to try to find where our conversations are breaking down and get past that. Go past beyond where the conversations break down.
2: So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me.
1: now that is that is admirable right we we have some um there's a professor that i work with here at lone star college and he works with the Kettering foundation on having these uh there's deliberate deliberate debate uh, deliberative debates i think it's called where we, we we do something similar to what you've just said and it works the the problem that we find is that the people that are able to go to these things are are you know people that are put together, they don't have to take care of their kids, all of that, and we can bring those people in together. What kind of, and I don't know if you explained that in your book, when you talk about communities uh, through courageous conversations, how can we have courageous conversations in communities that don't have the wherewithal to come to a church where we have some snacks for them to do these types of debates? Uh, what, what, what do you foresee as a way that we can actually have these types of dialogues among the majority of the voters, to put it bluntly.
0: Thank you for bringing that up because uh, I can say that participation and different together, as well as the the nationwide movement of bridge building are people like me, Mm -hmm. middle-class white people. Mm -hmm. That demographic alone is not going to heal this country this is uh, something that we have to be inclusive beyond race beyond class beyond religion beyond socioeconomic status to so how do we have those conversations when um, it's whenever the the availability to come to meetings is not necessarily the same across all of these different demographics and the way that i see it is and that whenever we have a different together meeting and an event that's just a laboratory it's mm-hmm. a place for us to practice it's not necessarily where community healing happens it it can but that i don't i don't want us to think that us showing up to this meeting occasionally is going is going to heal it it's it's us to come together and practice and then go back out into our worlds into our workplaces into our families walking down the sidewalk how do we heal the division at that point? Are we dismissive of people? Are we, are, do we ignore um, need and hurt and pain in our communities? Do we, um, or do we engage with it? Do we open our hearts? Do we want to listen? And that is where we have the power to be healers in our communities is in, in, in our everyday
1: life. Are you saying then that uh, your, your groups pretty much are disciple makers with the expectation that they will go out into the communities and replicate themselves? I think that um,
0: people that attend these types of meetings, yes, they are, they are better equipped to go out and to, and
1: to live in this world with a softened heart. Let's, um, you brought up religion, race, et cetera. Let's go to Appalachia, okay, uh, where I think uh, at this point in our history, I feel that these are the most scared people that have not had much good happen to them, and they, they see a whole lot of uh, the rest of America talking about inclusivity and, 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 and going and supporting the aggrieved. Um, How do you talk to these folks to let them know that nobody, in my opinion, is taking something from them there. You can't take something one has never had. How do you get into those communities? Because I, I, I think what's going on in America today, I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of undertones and tell me if you agree with this or not. I think there are a lot of undertones that are masked by other issues. And I think one of the big undertone in America, and you hear progressives talk a lot about it, race, religion, that sort of a thing, but I do think it plays a part. And if you take a look at the demographics of the even the last election, uh, you sort of see that. How do we get to those who believe, because I think it has to start somewhere. How do you get to those who believe that, if you get something, it means my loss. I've lost something that I hold dear. Right, I think that we
0: do see uh, many times this as a zero sum game. I think that it's a matter of reassessing what progress looks like. There is so much mistrust in the system, uh, especially with uh, the, the, the people that you describe. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does, what does progress look like if, if it is to, um, help them see that, you know, we are not out to get them. Right. Well, that might be a, uh,
1: a, a difficult, uh, task to uh, accomplish in the next couple of years. Can I, can I interrupt you for a quick second? Because I want to give you some kudos, first of all, uh, important kudos. I think you are uh, you are in a position to do that so much better than many others. Uh, and I, remember that I said that, please continue. And then I'm gonna pick that up on, on afterwards. Okay. So I think that we've got to see this as a
0: long-term process and a long-term solution. Mm-hmm. Um, for right now, we are so divided and there's so much mistrust in our country that I think that we have to think about what is just enough, what's just enough to, for us to release our grip and for there to be more trust. For, so for right now, I think that might just be to listen and listen to things that we strongly, strongly disagree with and think are factually uh, way out there. Um, I think that that begins to lower the temperature and to build trust. And how long we have to do that, I don't know. But that, I believe, is the path forward. And once we begin to establish trust, then we can have a more factual debate.
1: Okay, I I agree. I agree with that. I want to add a little bit more. And because as a white guy from Texas with a Texas history, I think more so than many.
0: I'm Robert Conti, chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities are up in the district, and I need your help to reverse this trend. Seatbelts save lives and reduce the risk of death or injury. Click it
1: or tick it. A lot of guys like that can actually go into these areas and do a hell of a lot of listening with some talking. And Believe it or not, I think a lot of times that may be where we fail. And I think that is where we've allowed cancers to grow uh, by those who have that opportunity to, I don't want to say set the record straight, because that goes against the tenet of doing more listening than than, than talking, but being able to show that uh, they're, you know, maybe there are other ways to look at things. And that's why I say, I think guys like you who are, who's, who are doing this kind of work in certain areas, not in San Francisco, but in Appalachia, you would make a hell of a lot of difference.
0: Well, and I would also uh, clarify that, I, I well, and I try to make clear in the book that um, I'm not asking black people, people of color, marginalized people to do this work, I believe it's me and people who are like me, other middle-class white guys, to take this on to be the to be the ones that are listening. From from talking with uh, people who are in marginalized communities, they tell me they they've been doing this for their whole lives, but mm-hmm. the problem is that people aren't listening. Mm-hmm. People are being dismissive. So, in order to listen to these. To, to the pain that's that are, that's in our community, we have to really open our heart and 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 be open to hear some uh, some realities that me in my life I've never had to deal with, and I have to then struggle with how do I how do I live with that? How do I um, how do I take the the privilege that I have in my life and squeeze everything out of it in order to help heal all of these divisions including racism
1: and classism. You know what is interesting and I I wish to that everybody that said that had the understanding also that that you just said actually I loved hearing when you said it's not a zero-sum gain that that the growth of the growth of all comes with this unification if you will the growth of all comes with all of us being able to be a part of what America's dream is so let me ask you because I I, I want to be I, I want to do this right it, uh, for the people that first of all folks need to get books that do the kind of work that you're talking about books that aren't there to divide tell in a short synopsis what is your book about what do you intend to what do you want to come out of your book from those who read the book and those who pass it along
0: so when I was Starting uh, the Different Together project at Glide Memorial Church, I was looking for a book that could give me a guide about what I was about to encounter. And what I have written is that book—a book for people that are concerned about division, want to do something but don't necessarily know what to do. Uh, I believe that that the book is a is a guide that has um, relevant stories based on the front line of this of this domestic peace building movement and um i try to reveal what it is like to do this and let let the readers know that this is not easy work that whenever i hear statements of well if we all uh, agree on the same. We, we all believe in the same thing. So if we just listen, everything will be okay. It's much, much more complicated than that. There are mental and spiritual roadblocks set up all along this path. And what I try to help uh, facilitate with the readers is that whenever we get to the point of wanting to give up, where a conversation gets tense, where we feel like we don't have the qualifications to do this work, that is exactly the time whenever we need to double down and keep going because it's difficult work, it's going to get complicated and it's gonna get hard. So I want to use my story and my experience to help people realize that I started this thing. I'm not, I'm, I'm not uniquely qualified for it, but I learned over uh, the course of time and I just try to share what I've learned to help bring more people into this movement.
1: Excellent, Chris, what would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't ask you?
0: I thought your questions were, were, were excellent,
1: um, but nothing comes to mind. Well, look, let me tell you, uh, first of all, I wanna thank you for the excellent work that you're doing beyond your book. Uh, thank you for writing that book that is actually there sort of as, as an instruction set, I think, it is important work that needs to be done and we need a whole lot of folk out there doing it. So thank you for uh, being who you are and thank you for having been on Politics and Right. Thank you so much. With our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us, please, join.
0: I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities have increased in DC, and I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together, we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or tick it.
2: Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller... I'll
0: take two tomatoes and a cucumber.
2: Poodle Pamperer... <laughs> Piano tuner or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal.